Hi there, I'm Susie Hatherley and thanks for joining me for the latest episode in our New South Wales Land and Housing Corporation Limited Edition podcast series. At New South Wales Land and Housing Corporation, we're motivated to continually seek new ways to deliver more keys indoors to provide people in need with a safe place to call home. The high demand for social, crisis, transitional and affordable housing continues to outstrip supply. There are currently more than 5,000 households on the priority wait list. To address this challenge, we're pursuing partnerships to increase and accelerate supply, creating opportunities to collaborate across and beyond government. In one example of this, in November 2021, the New South Wales Government announced an historic agreement with City of Newcastle Council. A new Memorandum of Understanding, or MOU, will increase the delivery of new social housing in Newcastle and boost jobs, two critical priorities of this government. To explore this exciting and innovative approach with us today, our special guest this episode is Jeremy Bath, Chief Executive Officer at Newcastle City Council. Welcome, Jeremy. Thank you. The pleasure's all mine. So for the background of our listeners, can you please start uh, by giving a brief overview of where you're joining us from, your role and your local government area. Certainly. uh, I'm joining you from Newcastle, unsurprisingly, today. Newcastle is the second largest city in New South Wales. Uh, It's the seventh largest city in Australia. It's the second oldest city in Australia, which is something that uh, uh, sometimes surprises people. And today, uh, I find myself as the CEO of the city. We're one of the largest councils in New South Wales. Well, thank you for that overview uh, about Newcastle. And of course, there's a lot of other things that come to mind too, including the beautiful beaches that you have there and a whole range of major attractors, infrastructure and uh, facilities that make Newcastle what it is, like the hospitals and the university, the TAFE Mm. and so on. Uh, So it's it's really interesting to hear more about that. What is the housing situation like in Newcastle? Certainly, Newcastle is significantly challenged in terms of housing affordability. Over the last 12 months, the median housing price has increased by more than 30%. Um, The median apartment price has increased by more than 20%. The median rental price has increased by more than 10%. The supply of rental accommodation has reduced by 20%. So you can see just, you know, those numbers, there's there's a a perfect storm that, if not brewing, Mm. has has already brewed Mm. in Newcastle. And social housing is is no different. Social housing in Newcastle is under significant pressure. Um, that the number of people who are currently on the, the waiting list is, is growing. It's more than 1,200 families. And of real concern to me, of those 1,200 families that are waiting for a house, and if you think about that, that's that's really quite a powerful statement, people that are waiting for somewhere to live. Mm. Of those 1,200 people, more than 100 of them are, are considered to, to be in urgent need that really means that they have no roof over their heads. Indeed, and there's some very powerful statistics about the uh, the housing affordability and, and accessibility situation there in Newcastle. Uh, LAC does have a presence and vision in the region. I'm, I'm aware there are you know, 4,300 or so social housing dwellings uh, concentrated across four suburbs, but despite this, certainly more and different housing is needed. And I know that the New South Wales Land and Housing Corporation's vision for social housing in Newcastle includes delivering houses to better meet tenants' needs located near jobs, shops, transport and services. And over the next two years, social housing projects in Newcastle are expected 
expected to deliver construction activity, create new jobs, as well as provide those homes in a well-designed, accessible and, and energy efficient way that really meets the needs of today's tenants. A key part of that, I suspect, and, and further uh, adding to the work that LAC has underway in Newcastle LGA is the Memorandum of Understanding that was uh, recently announced in November 2021 that we're here to talk about today. Can you please uh, give us firstly, I guess, a, a high-level overview of what the Memorandum of Understanding between New South Wales Land and Housing Corporation and the City of Newcastle is? Okay, there's a lot in that. Um, perhaps I'll, I'll start by explaining why local government chose to partner with LAC, the New South Wales government, on social housing. And, you know, it, it, in part, to explain, I need to talk about my own journey. Of course, that would be great. I've been the CEO of, of City of Newcastle for five years. And when I first started, I came very much with a, an approach that that social housing, affordable housing is, as well, was very much the domain and the responsibility of the New South Wales government and to a lesser degree, the, the federal government. From a legislative perspective, that might still be true. The reality is, and I guess the, the, the path that I've gone on in, in my own city in this role, is a recognition that unless local government is working at the coalface, particularly with the New South Wales government, with agencies such as LAC, the situation is... Um, it's almost overwhelming and we're not going to see um, transformational change or transformational improvement in the situation. Uh, those waiting lists that I spoke about before, um, particularly the, the more than 100 families that, that are considered to be in urgent need of, of social mm -hmm. housing, that situation is not going to improve. Those numbers mm -hmm. are not going to reduce if we at City of Newcastle and with my elected council, if we just simply sit back and we say, well, it's someone else's responsibility. That might be technically true, but that's not the kind of leadership that my council and that my community expect of, of myself and my organisation. So with that in mind and recognising that we are living in a crisis at the moment, a, a housing affordability crisis, mm. um, my council made it very clear, especially my Lord Mayor made it very clear to me that sitting back and waiting for the New South Wales government agencies like LAC to fix the problem, so to speak, was unacceptable. And so with that in mind, we formed a, a, a relationship, which was, which, you know, there really wasn't a relationship with LAC going back more than, than 12 months. We were agencies um, that occasionally spoke to each other, but not in any sort of meaningful way and certainly not in terms of, of strategic conversations about how we could work together to fix the big problems and and those big problems are of course how do we how do we increase the the supply of social housing and therefore how do we also reduce the the, the waiting list and what came out of this is um, was ultimately encapsulated in a, a memorandum of understanding that you referred to an MOU um, it was unanimously supported by my council and anyone that works in local government will know that it can be very difficult to get a unanimous decision you got in my case, 13 different people, all with slightly different views on life and responsibilities and financial consequences, to get 13 people in a room to all put their hand up and say, yes, we support a meaningful partnership between our council, the City of Newcastle and the New South Wales government was historic. What that mm -hmm. MOU actually commits both parties to is that the City of Newcastle will uh, make a financial contribution annually for three years, uh, which is equal to the rates that LAC currently pay to the City of Newcastle. And we do that on the proviso 
that one lack makes a, a, a at a minimum an equal financial contribution to what the city of Newcastle is is making, uh, and that one hundred percent of that funding go into the development of social housing that leads to a net increase in the overall supply of social housing in our LGA. So for the city of Newcastle, there's a there's a financial cost to this upfront. There's a, there's a short term financial cost, and um, it's in the vicinity of about two million dollars. So what I'm really saying is is that lack currently on an on an annual basis pay their rates about two million dollars. They'll continue to pay that, but for the next three years, the city of Newcastle will then effectively transfer that money back to lack on the proviso that money goes into the development of new social housing. And, you know, that's that's putting trust in lack. Um, it's also, you know, making a financial contribution, recognising that if we continue just to sit back and ask lack to fund 100% of it, well, that will happen, but it won't happen at the speed that is required to see a, a significant increase in the supply of social housing. Indeed, indeed. Very well said. Um, I want to come back to something that you mentioned, please, uh, in your overview of the Memorandum of Understanding uh, around achieving unanimous support with council and that it's also been really championed, I suppose, by uh, your Newcastle Lord Mayor, uh, Neotali Nelms. Can you tell me a bit about the context um, around this remarkable level of support? How did you foster that or, or where did that come from? Where to come from? Well, look, at the end of the day, it's not impossible to get unanimous support for anything, particularly when two things occur. One, the problem is clearly articulated and cannot be debated. And the problem, of course, here is the acute lack of, of housing supply, whether it be social housing, whether it be affordable housing, um, or whether it be people who financially have the ability to secure housing, but they're struggling to do so. So the problem of housing supply is well proven. And the, the second uh, element that I think really assisted in being able to get that unanimous support from my 13 councillors was that this is a solution that's going to work. So by having a solution, or at least a part solution, to a, a very um, well proven problem, I think the councillors all acknowledged that, yes, this actually can work. We, you know, we, we can sit back and we can point the finger and we can we can call upon everyone else to fix the problem of housing supply and and particularly when it comes to social housing or for a relatively small amount of money and you know it's 2 million dollars a year for 3 years um, it's a very small percentage of our budget we can actually get meaningful involvement and and what that 2 million dollars also does i guess to be to be quite uh, quite blunt is we're buying our way into a conversation with lack where we then, um, you know, we're, we're, we're more than just a stakeholder. We're now a shareholder in this. And, you know, and, and that, that makes a difference. Um, you know, it's, it's really, I guess, opened up doors, started conversations with LAC um, in terms of, well, yes, it, it's one thing to commit to, to uh, redeveloping and, and increasing the net supply of social housing, the LGA. But let's make sure that we don't repeat the mistakes of decades ago. Um, mm. And that's not pointing the finger at anyone. And by that, I mean making sure that where you do have social housing, that it's in the right areas. Mm -hmm. Make sure, you know, for example, that you put your social housing where there's strong local or, or public transport. Make sure that it's within walking distance of retail precincts. 
make sure that it's near to employment zones. You know, there's no point going and creating a, a series of, of, of social housing um, uh, properties if they're 30 minutes by car to where, you know, the, the, the closest employment zone. Because guess what? People who live in social housing often don't have cars or they're in a transitionary phase where they, they might only have um, access to, to casual employment. Make sure that your social housing is near a registered club. So there's all this, this local knowledge that, mm. that I don't necessarily have, but my staff have. Um, mm. And making sure that that my staff and the appropriate people at the Land and Housing Corporation, uh, that they're talking to each other, that means that these new properties, we're taking every opportunity to make them a success. Yeah, that, that's really wonderful. And I, I think your comment about making sure that housing is well located relative to the needs of the people that live in them, um, whatever they may be, be they employment opportunities or social uh, opportunities to be part of the community is really important. And certainly uh, New South Wales Land and Housing Corporation really seeks to ensure that our social housing is of not only the right type, but it's also in the right areas. And I I'm really interested hearing you talk about um, the importance of the local knowledge that you and your staff bring to to the the memorandum of understanding. And it puts me in mind of a question that I, I really wanted to ask you about why you think it's important for New South Wales Land and Housing Corporation and Newcastle City Council to collaborate. So you've mentioned one example there being that you can bring some local knowledge. Are there any other uh, aspects, I suppose, that make it important to collaborate between both state government and local government? Oh, absolutely. Two things come to mind. One is that if LAC doesn't uh, collaborate with, with local government, they will still do what you would call a good job. I have every confidence in the, the executive leadership and, and the staff of LAC based on, on you know, the, the people that I've had the, the good opportunity to meet over the last 12 months. They will still build good development um, and they'll still make a, a lot of good decisions, but they'll do a better job if they're working with local government, um, not just because of that local knowledge, but the other great thing that I think um, state government agencies only ever realise after they start partnering with, with local government is that no one knows the community like a local government, like a local council. Mm. And so you've mentioned there the role for, for council uh, in the Memorandum of Understanding and what they can contribute, which is um, absolutely so meaningful and, and important. What do you think, on the other hand, is the New South Wales Land and Housing Corporation's role and what do you think they can bring that council otherwise couldn't? expertise. This is what what you and your colleagues do. You're at the coalface of this. Um, you're, you're living this problem. You know, social housing and housing supply is, is absolutely a problem for, for me, but it's not something that I live and breathe 24 hours a day. There's nothing better than partnering with a subject matter expert. Um, you know, there's, it's one thing to be, to be partnering with a, with a passionate volunteer. It's an entirely different thing a better thing to be partnering with a subject matter expert. And that's what LAC is. The MOU specifies that, that LAC will match dollar for dollar what the City of Newcastle contributes in terms of, of refunding um, that rates payment for, for three years. 
But the reality is, is that lack will will invest much more than than matching. That's just the the, the truth of it. You know, our contribution is six million dollars over over three years or thereabouts. Um, there, there's no doubt that the developments that that lack will sponsor and deliver and and project manage over the next three years as a result of this partnership, that it'll be far more than twelve million dollars. So you bring money, you bring construction experience, you bring the tenants. You bring so much to the table. You're the people who are the doers. You're the people who actually have the ability to help reduce a problem in my city. I guess there's a number of questions I want to touch on, but I'll start here. What has your experience to date been like working with New South Wales Land and Housing Corporation, uh, both in general, but also since the announcement of the Memorandum of Understanding? Well, I'd I'd have to say, um, and you'll be pleased to hear, it's been an entirely (laughs) positive one. Um, I, I've been so impressed um, by the one, just the the, the work ethic. Um, you know, I've, I've I've had phone calls from people at LAC at you know well after dark, um, which is not a problem for me. But it's just great to know that there there are people that are so passionate about an MOU with my city that at seven or eight o'clock at night they're still thinking about it, they're still progressing the issue. So that mm. that means a lot to me that you have people that that are so passionate about helping to fix a problem in my city. It's amazing how quickly this has actually gone from idea to meet and greet to draft MOU to unanimously um, endorsed MOU to uh, announced by your your then minister and my Lord Mayor to the media, um, to steering committee, to funding deed. Like all these things have happened and the conversation started, I want to say, in about August of last year. Wow. Um, so less than 12 months. And, and that's happened because both parties are determined to make this work. You know, we see ourselves, you, at the start of our, our conversation, you talked about it as, as historic. And I think that, you know, that, that's a word that gets used quite liberally these days. Everything is historic. Mm, indeed. <laughs> this really is historic. This has never been tried, let alone successfully done in New South Wales. It's actually never been done anywhere in in Australia. So I think we're also really motivated to make it work because if Newcastle and LAC can can show that this partnership actually does work, then there's, there's more than 130 other councils in New South Wales alone that you can then go to and say, guys, you don't have to be the first one. You don't have to worry about the fear of failure. Um, you don't have to worry about about adverse um, outcomes or, you know, wasting ratepayers' money, this works because we've proven it in Newcastle. So we're all determined. We all we all want to be part of, of something bigger. We're all passionate about Newcastle and we all want to increase the, the net supply of social housing in Newcastle and reduce priority of those waiting lists. But we all know that if we do this right, we can inspire other councils to, to step up and, and do the same thing. Indeed, it really is a, an example of quite significant innovation uh, that will no doubt be beneficial to those beyond the city of Newcastle. I, I guess there's a question there around what would be your advice to other councils uh, who might be thinking of working with New South Wales Land and Housing Corporation to deliver more housing for people in need in their respective areas? Well, the first thing I would say is pick up the phone and call me. I'm not hard to reach. It's as simple, frankly, as getting on the, the City of Newcastle website and calling our call centre and, and they'll either put you through to me or they'll put you through to, to, to my, my office and, uh, and I'll, I'll make myself available to any council, um, small, medium or large, um, and I'll talk to them about the, the entirely positive experience that I've had 
I'll invest any amount of time with with another council because I I believe that this is a is a problem um, that only gets addressed through sharing of this news. Um, you know, this is one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast is because I want the message to get out there that this is worth doing. Reflecting on what you've just said there, I think Land and Housing Corporation um, would agree that housing delivery always happens in partnership, working with another entity, be it, for example, councils in various degrees, as well as, you know, architects, community housing providers, builders, developers, and so on. Collaboration is absolutely necessary. And I think uh, we are well and truly aware of that. And I think I'd, I'd speak for um, you know, my colleagues in, in other parts of uh, Land and Housing Corporation when I say that we're also only a phone call away for any councils who are interested in exploring what innovation looks like. And there isn't one model, uh, as I understand it. You know, innovation can take lots of different forms by its very nature. Speaking of the, the future now, the Memorandum of Understanding is an agreement to deliver more keys indoors over the next three years. What are your hopes for social housing delivery in Newcastle and working with the New South Wales Land and Housing Corporation in future? I'm confident that this won't be the, the, the start and the finish of, of the relationship. We have local government elections in uh, September of 2024. You know, this partnership will run beyond that. So, you know, in two and a half years time, I'll have, you know, a new council. And so the challenge for me will be to, to bring them on the journey. Are there any experiences that will always stay with you of people in need of housing in your LGA or otherwise? Unfortunately, there's quite a few. My first job in local government was actually in Fairfield, um, one of the largest LGAs in, in Australia and, and certainly in New South Wales. Um, you know, it's an area that is predominantly a low socioeconomic area. So I, I first experienced what you would call genuine homelessness. Um, when I was working in, in Fairfield. And, and that was a real eye-opener for me. Working in local government provides you the opportunity. It almost necessitates you working with people who are, who are you know, less fortunate than you. And so I've, I've had that opportunity to, to meet people and to, to work with, with agencies and charities who exist, thank goodness, um, and they do their work through partnership often with local government and state government to help those that are, that are less fortunate. In Newcastle, um, one of the first things I did when I started the city of Newcastle was I said to, to the staff, and we've got 1,300 or so uh, employees here, I said, I want us to have a charity. I want us to have a, a, a corporate charity partner that we can get behind and that we can lend our support to. You know, we're an enormous organisation um, with relative wealth, with extraordinary staff expertise um, and with an ability to, to get our message out into the media um, or even in you know, social media as, as, as well. Um, and so we have, for the last five years, we've, we've partnered with a, with a charity called Got Your Back Sister. And you know, that's an incredible uh, local charity um, that, as the name probably suggests, uh, focuses on, on supporting um, women who, are, who have been the victims of, of domestic violence and meeting uh, some of the survivors as well as um, survivors of domestic violence, as well as the volunteers who work with that, with that particular charity. Um, you know, they're experiences that you don't forget. I guess just to, to wrap up, uh, is there anything that you would have liked me to ask that I haven't? Or, you know, is there anything burning um, that you'd really want to share today? I don't know if there's any questions that, that you haven't asked, but I, I just really want to, two things, I, I, I can't speak highly enough of working with, with LAC, um, with the staff. I've been so impressed. Um, I know that that you know, you guys are the subject matter experts, and therefore, by definition, you this is your your passion, or you would hope it's your passion. 
But I, I've just been so impressed by the commitment of everyone. Um, you know, we, I've, at no stage have I ever felt like an annoyance or an inconvenience or that I was asking too much. And there were plenty of times where I asked, thinking, oh, you know, they could politely say no to this. And, and the answer has always, and I literally mean that, always been yes, when, sure, Yep, let's make this happen. Nothing but but enthusiasm. So it's just great to be partnering with with an with an organisation that is just so passionate about you know addressing a, a really significant problem in our, our community. And you know when I say our community, of course I'm talking about Newcastle, but we also know that housing supply, housing affordability, um, social housing supply, is perhaps the biggest problem, the greatest challenge that we have in any community Mm. in New South Wales. Just to close out then, you work in the business of delivering more for your community. Do you have any tips or a a single tip for making the world a better place? Goodness, that's a uh, (laughs) making the world a better place. Um, A big question. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know that I could – look, a couple of things come to mind. One is if the opportunity comes to travel um, because the way that I learn is through experience, um, through experiencing um, how other people do it. There is, you know, it's been said many times, there's there's no original idea. Everything is is a borrowing or a loaning or, or inspiration from someone else's idea. There's no such thing as an, as an original thought. Um, and that's fine. So, so travel, and that doesn't necessarily mean to to Europe or or North America or Asia or Africa. That that can be within your own state. Um, you know, that can be to come to Newcastle. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll we'll welcome you with with open arms, and hopefully, you'll you'll choose to stay. So that ends our interview uh, with Jeremy Bath, CEO of Newcastle City Council here at the New South Wales Land and Housing Corporation. I hope it's given you some more insight into how we, with our valued stakeholders like Newcastle City Council, are innovating to deliver more housing for people in need. We welcome collaboration from our stakeholders, including councils, community housing providers, tenants, private industry, and the broader community. I'm Susie Hatherley, and thank you for joining me for this latest episode in our Master Key podcast series. If you have any questions about this podcast, please email lahccommunications at facts.nsw.gov.au. We acknowledge that all of us recording and listening in this virtual space today stand upon the lands of many different nations. We pay our humble respect to traditional custodians of these nations, all elders, past, present and emerging, and extend that respect to any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander peoples who listened today.